with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away, and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. I have mentioned on other occasions certain saintly people whom I have encountered over the course of my life. One, you may remember, was a a bedridden nun who was riddled with bone cancer. Another happened to be a, a nun also, a cripple. I remember, too, a woman who was not only well-known, but highly respected by everyone. A wife, a mother, she suffered from terrible depressions. And she couldn't tell when one was going to come over her. Anything could bring it on. She'd have to go to the hospital for, in those days, electroshock therapy. I remember visiting her in the hospital. She was one of those people who I believe all of her life had set out with one goal. One goal above all the rest. And the one that would form all the rest of them too. It was very simple. It's one of those goals that uh, any child can have. She wanted to be a saint. Sounds rather pious, doesn't it? She wanted to be a saint. 
She wanted to be a holy woman. And nothing was going to get in the way of her doing that, whatever it might be. And she would accept and embrace anything that came to her as part of that process. That's the difficult part, isn't it, often? Accepting that. Including her depressions. Her depressions, she believed, were part of her journey. Part of her becoming what God had inspired her to be. Part of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And she believed that they would help transform her into that image. Today our Lord speaks of this to us. As I said, you know, you don't become saints by floating through life hoping that we will fall into it or hoping that it will someday overcome us or overwhelm us. It won't. And more often than not, we have other goals that, whether we admit it or not, are more important to us. Our Lord begins today to speak of three things, once again of love, all through the Easter season. This word keeps coming back in a very definite sort of way. We hear it all the time, since that is the, the, the essence of the response to Jesus Christ and to his church. But today there are three things that come, become very clear. One we've heard a number of times in this season, obedience, love, and peace. Those three. And they go together, and we will never have peace without the first two. It's been said, I may have said it myself, but of the three evangelical councils, poverty, chastity, and obedience, poverty is in. Chastity and obedience is out. Only, and then only poverty for those other than ourselves. We admire it. But obedience, our Lord tells us over and over again, is essential if we're going to follow him. He says, whoever loves me will keep my word. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. So love, it would seem, is the beginning of our response. And not love in the sense of enthusiasm or a powerful emotional desire for it either. It's something that begins once again in the intellect. And then the will, perceiving the good, chooses it. And that issues forth into obedience. Now sometimes, in fact very often, if we set out to become holy... We will begin without any enthusiasm at all. We will sort of grit our teeth and do what we know we ought to do, even in the midst of difficult situations, even loving unlovable people, which are often the most difficult type of love, obviously. We will do it, and eventually that love will become something that we understand, something we internalize, and we will develop a desire for it, a desire to be that different person. Whoever loves me will keep my word. So, love then must issue forth in obedience, and obedience will hopefully lead us to love as well. Although not always. One can can be obedient for all the wrong reasons. Remember the prodigal son's elder brother? He was obedient too. He had no love for the father. No real love anyway. He goes on then to say, I have told you this while I am with you. 
He's trying to inform them of this new kind of love that they do not understand and will not outside of grace. We can't do it without that. I can't simply say to myself, I'm going to become a saint and that's it, simply on my own will. I can't, it's impossible. Only the grace of God makes it possible for me to make those choices. And we think we're doing, we're really quite wonderful when actually we're simply responding to a strength that God gave us. And then he speaks about the coming of the Holy Spirit. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. Again, informing the mind, which is where it all begins. There was this great debate in the Middle Ages about whether it was the primacy of the intellect or the primacy of the will. St. Thomas said it was the intellect. Don Scotus said it was the will, because love was in the will, and love was what was really important. St. Thomas said, no, without the intellect, there's no truth, and the will has nothing to um, form it, nothing to choose. It will wander around aimlessly, trying to find his goal. So it begins here. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have told you. And then, from this love, from this obedience, and only from this, comes peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Because in the mind of the world, peace is simply the absence of war, the absence of conflict. The problem is, our Lord is promising us a peace that is the fruit of love and obedience. It's an interior peace, which is where peace always begins. And until we have that, we aren't going to have peace in the world ever. I think it was Plato who said, only when you are dead will you be free of war. Uh, that internal peace is something people don't understand. They think it will come when there is simply an external peace, but it isn't that way at all. It begins internally because of our love and our obedience. Not as the world gives it, do I give it to you. The world has been striving from the very beginning since the fall to deal with this and cannot because the internal peace isn't there. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. That, too, is an essential element in holiness, overcoming the fear of becoming holy and the fear of what other people might think if you do. There's a certain natural fear about holiness because we know it's going to require incredible sacrifice and incredible vision that we have to stay with and move towards constantly. They said, don't be afraid of that. You heard me tell you, I'm going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father. Because only when I leave will the Holy Spirit come and make and be that transforming power in your lives. So, where then do we come for peace and love? Well, we know where we come for it. Our Lord, once again, wasn't going to leave us with just a beautiful lecture on love, obedience, and peace. He made that real in his own suffering and death. There, of course, we see love and obedience. Uh, The obedience that comes from the love of the Father, which he mentions over and over again. And there, too, comes peace. Because when he comes to us in his resurrection, this is where he begins with it. So I can say to the world, and you can too, but I know it comes back to this. You should have been prepared for that at the beginning. That if you want peace go to the Eucharist. That's where peace is, because that is peace. That's where we find loving obedience, divine love and obedience made tangible, visible, consumable. If we want peace, it begins there. 
problem is that we keep looking for it in simply natural ways, in simply natural things. But here is where it is. So there is no other greater recommendation we can give to the world in which we live. That I remember a novel some years ago that came out, and they stopped referring to time as, let's say, 2019 A.D., Ante Domino, the year of the Lord. It began to refer to time, once again, as the year of the Eucharist. I doubt the world's going to come to that anytime soon, but if we did, we would perhaps finally begin to have that peace that we will never have without it. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the love of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy for the Church throughout the world, that she will always be a visible sign of God's love, especially the Church suffering. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all nations of the world, they will find peace through the love and obedience to the word of God and to his church. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that they may know that they are called to be saints in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost love, we pray to the Lord. For greater respect for human life and in our own country, especially for the lives of the unborn and for those laws that will protect them, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will strive for that love, obedience, and peace in a unique way proclaim that to our world. For a greater reverence for that those qualities in the life of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time sitting in the presence of divine love, they may then radiate that to their world, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those working on our building project, that they will remain safe, we pray to the Lord. For all of our youth, especially those who are graduating, those of our own parish who will be present at the 1130 Mass, that they will continue to grow in truth and love, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that our lives will be so transformed by love that we will be visible signs of that peace and make the peace present in our world, we pray to the Lord. We now proclaim the victory of the Lord as we sing the Christus Vincit. Mm-hmm. 